Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. Sponsored by the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. This episode, the first in our Nine for Title IX series, celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Featuring Olympian Stacy Sakura. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, sponsored by the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. This is the first episode of our Nine for Title IX series to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX. We are doing it in championship style by hearing stories from some of the greatest legends of women's sports in Texas history. Be sure to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to stay updated on this series and all of the great things happening at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Today, we sit down with volleyball star Stacy Sakura, who represented the United States in three Olympics. The team won a silver medal in the 2008 Olympics. Sakura excelled at the newly created Libro position for Team USA at all three Olympics. She was a two-time All-American at Texas A&M. She also participated in track and field and won the Southwest Conference women's title in the heptathlon as a freshman. She even played some basketball for the Aggies. She was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame as part of the 2022 class. She grew up in Burleson, Texas. Stacy spoke with the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast about growing up in Burleson, her fantastic athletic career, and what Title IX has meant to her. Thanks so much for being here, Stacy. The first thing I wanted to ask is how did you get involved in sports? I had two older sisters, and it was like the cool thing to do, right? We were, we were in a small town called Burleson, Texas. Sports was like what you did. What I love is there was a lot of like leagues for kids uh, in our small town, which I played in, and I've been doing it since I was very young. And who were um, some female athletes that you looked up to when you were young? Gosh, so many, actually. Slojo, because uh, she was a sprinter back in the day, and she had long nails, and she wore great, crazy outfits, and I loved her. I loved her. Gabrielle Reese, she was a volleyball player. Um, and she was just beautiful, and everyone wants to be beautiful, so everyone wanted to be like her. Mary Lou Retton, you know, you just have, like, all these athletes. You don't really know their age or their age different from you. They're still female athletes. Yeah, so many of them are timeless in that regard. Now, you went to college at Texas A&M. Talk about when you first um, came to Texas A&M. What was the difference between... Um, playing high school sports and and then coming into the NCAA. I just remember it was just different. I mean, when you go from being one of the best on your team to being the newest, you know, you go to college thinking you've just forgot the sport because it's just so different. And I would say that the only difference is the speed of the ball. It's just quicker. And it's funny, I remember people saying that when I came from high school to college. They would say, oh, it's the speed of ball is different. And I remember saying, oh, no, it's not. But it was. The speed of ball is just different. You have to be quicker. And it's harder mentally than it is physically, to be honest with you. 
and and you're known for your volleyball career, of course. But I read you won the heptathlon, Southwest Conference heptathlon champion as a freshman. Yes. Can you, can you talk about yeah. that? That's that's an amazing feat in itself. Gosh, well, thank you so very much. I get tired literally thinking about it. And I didn't start training for it until outdoor season started. And so just so you know, college seasons are uh, separated for indoor season and outdoor season. So indoor season, I just did high jump. And then when outdoor season came, I just was like throwing a javelin and it was fun because I had a loose shoulder from volleyball and they asked me if I've ever thought about it. And I was like, no, but why not? At the Southwest Conference Championship, I hadn't ever, ever competed doing 100-meter hurdles, javelin, shot put. It was my first time ever to compete in a track meet to do all of them. That is really impressive that that was your first time competing in so many of those events, and yet you still won the heptathlon championship as a freshman in the Southwest Conference. That really speaks to your all-around athletic ability. Now, you also played basketball. Could you please talk about what stands out about your basketball career at Texas A&M? To be honest with you, my favorite sport was basketball. I loved volleyball, I loved track, but I really, really liked basketball. I just loved it. And then so at Texas A&M, when I did track, it didn't fill that void. I did track and volleyball my freshman year, but I wasn't in love with track because I still had that missing sensation for basketball. And so I just had to try it. And Lori Corbelli is amazing, my Texas A&M coach, who let me try it. And I did, and it was, it was fun. I mean, I didn't play a lot. I just practiced, and it was just fun. I, I'm so happy that I got the opportunity to play basketball. And then volleyball, of course, is what you're known for. And you were already an All-American as, as a hitter. And yes. then Coach Corbelli came up to you and introduced you to a new position. Yes, the legal position, the very first time it was ever in the Olympic sport is in 2000, which was my first Olympics. So I was the first one to do it. And it's a defense and passing position. That's basically your, what you're doing. And when I was in college, I was known for how high I could jump and hit. And so that's what I was like known for. But I could pass and play defense, too. Like, it was natural. I didn't, like, work hours and hours on it like I did hitting. I was a good passer and a good defender. And Lori just said, look, I think you'll be an okay hitter internationally, that you'd have to fight really hard to even make a travel team. But I think you could fight and, and get this Libro position. So I trusted her, of course. She's an Olympian. And at that time, I... You know, I thought Olympians were like masters. They like floated, like they were the greatest people on the planet. And so I listened and I'm so thankful. She could have easily been like, no girl, you're a hitter, go for it. And that would have changed my life, really. That would have like changed my career. When we return, we'll hear from Stacy Sakura about her Olympic volleyball career for Team USA and her thoughts on how Title IX has impacted her life and career. In the Nine for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. Hi, this is Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, and I listen to the Texas Hall of Fame podcast. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. 
When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Fairfield Inn & Suites free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North your home base on the road. Welcome back to the Nine for Title IX series with Stacy Sakura on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North. And you talk about it, it's, it's your dream to go to the Olympics it's for, for, for so many of us growing up in the United States. What, what do you remember about first showing up at the Olympics in 2000 and just, just kind of realizing that, that you were there? For your first Olympics, that whole opening ceremonies is the one thing I can remember, like every detail. The games, I can remember a couple of balls every game. Just a couple, if that, or one ball per game. But the opening ceremonies, like I could tell you everything from start to finish every minute because it's an incredible experience. So it's that opening ceremonies where it all comes together. That's when you're like, you're at the Olympics. Because when you're playing, I'm going to be honest, like when you're playing at the Olympics, um, it's just another tournament. We just had one not even a couple weeks before the Olympics. We just got finished with a three-week tournament in Japan, and now we're going to go to another tournament. It's the opening ceremonies that, that makes you be like, this is the Olympics. It's incredible. And then the next day, it's great because obviously we're Olympic athletes and focus and all that is very important. So you're thinking about volleyball, and you're, you're at the Olympics, but you're focused on volleyball. In the moment of actually playing the game. Exactly. Exactly. So when you feel it, you feel it at the opening ceremonies, you're like, wow, this is the Olympics. I personally, that's when I was like, wow. And when you get named to the team, there's so many good players in the gym that could all make it that are very, very good. So I always get really emotional when the team is named because that's what you work for for four years. And so when the team is named, that's like a very, 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 very good feeling. You were in three Olympics in 2000, 2004, 2008. And you won the silver medal in 2008. Can you, can you talk about what, what that's like, winning that medal, being on the podium? When you win the game, to take you to the championship game, when you win that game that you know you're going home with a medal, no matter what, it is awesome. Because that thing that you have worked for for four years in a row, the one thing, it's all you do it for is that medal in the Olympic eye. That's the highest thing that you go for is the medals, and you are getting one. It's like, wow, it's a great feeling to know that. And then you, you've basically seen the world through sports. That, that's something that wasn't available to many women in previous generations. Can you kind of, kind of talk about, about that experience? I can't imagine it. To be honest with you, like my life was completely different because of this Title IX, right? I felt like I could conquer the world, right? I felt like sports were going to, like that's all I, I wanted to do with sports my whole life. 
as you know, in college, I couldn't even do one. I had to do three. And I can't imagine. I'm so grateful and thankful. I mean, it's it's because of the people who blazed the trail. The trailblazers, the ones who did this for us. It's incredible. And it only keeps growing, you know, from what they started. It only keeps getting better and better for women. Without Title IX, it, myself, any female athlete would not be able to have the stories that I tell. Like I tell the younger generations my stories, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell any of them. I wouldn't have been able to do the things I did. And actually, my whole life—it's what I dedicated my life to—is sport. And I'm here today because of sport. I have all of my stories because of sport. I lived a wonderful life because of sport. All I think about with Title Nine is like, I—it's awesome that I can't imagine it. I love that, and the reason why is because what the women before me had to go through to get me where all female athletes are at today. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of people before you, and then people like you had the responsibility to, you know, bring it up to the next level. We couldn't take step number two until step number one came, which we're so thankful for. I think there's a lot of women fighting for a lot of great things, like the, the USA our women's soccer team. The future is unknown, and I love that. And I just always say have no expectations. I really say fight for something that you believe in. And maybe there's other people out there fighting for it too, and then, you know, you could be a trailblazer of another movement. You never know what the full impact is going to be when you take those kinds of steps. Is there anything else that you wanted to convey about the importance of women's athletics or Title IX? I think that women are, we're such good leaders, and I just think that the future for women is wonderful, but it's going to take a leader, you know, someone who had a dream or has a dream and really wants to go for it, just, okay, so get it out there. We have a long road, but we have a road we can go down. Why not you is a big saying that I say, like, why not? <laughs> why not? If you, if you really believe in something, why not? And once again, Title IX, it's wonderful that it's gotten us to where we are. Look how far we've already come. So just think about how far we could go. Thank you for listening to Episode 1 of our Nine for Title IX series featuring Stacy Sakura. In upcoming weeks, we'll have Baylor legend Susie Snyder-Eppers and Texas softball legend Kat Osterman. Be sure to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame's social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to stay up to date with our Nine for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. This episode was presented by the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco, and when you do, book your stay at the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North.